outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. You simply pour a can into your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on Seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. So pick up a can of Seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit SeafoamWorks.com to learn more. Oh, 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 O'Reilly! You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt Foundations podcast, your guide to the fundamentals of better deer hunting. Presented by First Light, creating proven, versatile hunting apparel for the stand, saddle, or blind. First Light. Go farther, stay longer. And now, your host, Tony Peterson. Hey everyone, welcome to the Wired to Hunt Foundations podcast, which is brought to you by First Light. Today, I'm going to talk about something that plagues so many hunters, even if they might not want to admit it. Sometimes inspiration falls right into your lap, or at least pops up in your email. An old acquaintance of mine recently sent me a note about how much he's struggling with bow hunting. He feels like he can't get over the hurdle that separates being a deer shooter adder type of guy to a deer shooter type of guy. His frustration was palpable, and there were you know, a lot of clues in his message that spawned the idea for this whole podcast. He admitted to not being super good at bow hunting, but also targeting mature four and a half year old plus bucks. That's a bad combo. It happens a lot. It's also what this whole episode is kind of really all about. There used to be a progression to hunting that allowed someone to start small and work their way up to the deer. Not only was it a good way to develop some serious woodsmanship skills, it's also something guys my age romanticize and remember in a nice glow of nostalgia that doesn't always jive with reality. It always started with rabbits and squirrels. And as a young man with a bolt-action Remington 22 and a real bloodlust in my heart, I spent a lot of time roaming the woods with that rimfire trying to remove bushy tails from the trees. I also got to carry a pump 20 gauge for bunnies. And if you think I didn't love that shit, you're off your rocker. Some of my best memories of my childhood involve hunting small game, mostly with my dad. I remember rallying around a squirrel family with a pocket full of shells one time, which is a Rage Against the Machine reference for you young lads listening. On that morning, my dad put me in a tree stand, probably without a safety harness, 
told me to work on my squirrel accuracy. I think that's where a lot of my problems started because even though I was surrounded by bushy tails, I couldn't hit a squirrel well to save my life. I literally had squirrel fever and I'll never forget him walking in to pick me up and he asked me how many I got because he had spent all morning listening to me shoot. The body count was one and it wasn't even a clean kill until I got down and sent that poor bushy tail to the great big oak tree in the sky. Another time, while rabbit hunting along a stretch of abandoned railroad tracks, I looked down in the grass and saw a cottontail pulling his best, if I stay real still, maybe he won't see me move. But I did see him. And I don't know if you know what a well-aimed loaded lead shot does to a bunny that is about six feet off the end of your shotgun's barrel, but the disappointment in my dad's eyes when he tried to pick up what was left of that poor rabbit was pretty obvious. I probably knew it at the time without really knowing it, but the whole stage was being set for me to become a deer hunter then. Now at that time, 12 was the minimum age and it took me forever to get there. We hunted everything we could, but deer until that season. And then I graduated to the big leagues. And let me tell you something, I was a born natural. Just kidding. I was definitely born unnatural. Well, that's probably not the right way to say it, but if there was an award for being really, really bad at deer hunting, I'd have definitely been in the running for some hardware for my trophy case. Those first couple of years, I could barely lay eyes on a deer. And if I did, and it got within 20 yards, it definitely got shot at, and it always walked or ran away, totally unscathed. My daughters recently asked me if I've missed more deer than I've shot, and I honestly couldn't answer. I'd say maybe, because just in those first four years alone, I racked up a string of whiffs that should have got me sent back down to the miners, or worse, sent down to carry the mobile hot dog heater thing while hiking up and down the concrete steps yelling at people. It was brutal, and it was the source of my first whitetail meltdown when I was 15. The thing I wanted so much was so close, yet so very, very far away. I told my dad I was done. I was going to become a gun hunter. I was going to start killing deer. He said, okay, let's get some slugs and figure this thing out. But he didn't. And I didn't really want to go that route. I wanted to arrow a deer. If you're wondering if I really have any character flaws, I'll tell you this. I'm a pretty stubborn fella. I don't know why. It mostly doesn't serve me very well. But in some ways, if I set a course for myself, it takes a hell of a lot to get me to steer in a new direction. So I kept hunting. You know what? I eventually started to hit a few deer. Then I started to hit a few correctly. And over time, the young bucks and even some two-year-olds started to die with enough frequency where I got a little cocky. My progression to that point in my life had involved a whole lot of small game, a whole lot of upland birds, quite a few turkeys, a fair amount of deer. Well-rounded, I was for sure and totally clueless about what I was getting into when I said it was time to kill a Pope and young buck. When I made that move, what I didn't realize was that I was turning back the time to old Tony, or I guess young Tony. Anyway, it was like I was 12 again. And while I could always get my bow drawn, I definitely could not get the pin anywhere close to where it needed to be. Meltdown number two happened again on a night I've talked about on this podcast before, where in the span of maybe 10 minutes, I missed a solid 150 class deer and then a really nice eight pointer that was close enough that I probably could have dismounted from my stand and very briefly rode him like a rodeo bull. In fact, 
that probably would have been more effective than what I actually did, which was see him pee my pants a little, shoot over his back, and then pray to the dear gods that lightning would take me out of this life that I definitely wasn't meant to live. As all stories go, I finally did kind of get my shit together and I killed a couple of big bucks in consecutive seasons. Let me tell you something. I thought I had the whole thing tied up with a nice bow after that. What I didn't expect was to get a job in the hunting industry and suddenly have a whole lot of pressure to be good at this stuff. My deer hunting life has been a lot like trying to go up a super steep driveway that is covered in mostly ice. You know, I can throw it in four low and try, but the odds are pretty good that my best efforts will eventually leave me at the bottom of the hill, sideways in the road, with nothing to show for it but elevated blood pressure and the desire to set the world on fire. That meltdown was so bad that it forced me to switch up how I shot, how I practiced, what I thought about, and pretty much reinvent myself as a deer hunter. That's not that easy to do, my friends, but so far, it has mostly worked. Now, I'm too conditioned to failure to believe another meltdown isn't coming, but for now, it feels like I might not regress anytime too soon. Now, think about this. That's a pretty abbreviated version of 31 years of bow hunting, and I still struggle all the time, and I mean all the time. Do you know why? Because bow hunting white-tailed deer, specifically mature bucks, is really, really hard. It's not easy for anyone, at least if they are hunting pressured deer. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eater. Now, a lot of you guys are familiar with the old hunting tradition of eating, you know, some organ, the heart or a chunk of liver off the first animal you kill. I had that when I was a little kid, and it was a big deal. Organ meats were always prized by frontier people who knew the importance of getting a lot of different minerals and nutrients. And as often is the case, those guys were on to something because organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. And you can get the same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from heart and soil made exclusively from regeneratively raised grass-fed and finished cattle heart and soils unique freeze-drying process means all those important nutrients are trapped in ensuring you experience every one of the benefits of nature's superfood in a clean convenient taste-free capsule find out more at heartandsoil.co 
And make sure to use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. That's heartandsoil.co. Use the code MEATEATER. We've all seen plenty of gadgets and fads come and go. But here's one product that stood the test of time. Seafoam Motor Treatment. Lots of hunters and anglers know that seafoam helps engines run better and last longer. And it's really simple. When you pour it into your gas tank, seafoam cleans harmful fuel deposits that cause engine problems. I'm talking common stuff like hard starts, rough engine performance, or lost fuel economy. Seafoam is an easy way to prevent or overcome these problems. Just pour a can into your gas tank and let it do its job. Now, you probably know someone who's used a can of seafoam to get their truck or boat going again. Because people everywhere rely on it to keep their trucks, boats, and small engines running the way they should the entire season. So, help your engine run better and last longer. Pick up a can of Seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit SeafoamWorks.com to learn more. Sure, we have ways to hack the system. And if you have the right land, you can all but ensure an opportunity or three. But most folks don't have that option. Most folks are like you and I where they work and have kids and are under constant strain of life. They have small spots to hunt or share farms with other folks or trek across public land all season. For most of us, this stuff is really difficult. There's a silver lining. If you've been a passenger on the old big buck struggle bus for a while, you can get over it. Unfortunately, you might not like the remedy. You might not like the cure a whole lot. I'm going to be blunt about this. In a way that for some reason in society we look down on. We just don't value honesty over hurting people's feelings. And I'll admit, there's always room for tact. There's also always room to just lay things out and not pull your punches. So here it goes. If you're struggling with killing a mature buck, whether it's your first or maybe you sporadically make it happen, but there's no consistency to your game, here's the deal. You're probably not good enough at hunting to make that your goal. Now, I know goals are subjective and you're free to do what you want to do, but keep that in mind, especially if you find yourself having a meltdown over not achieving that specific goal. If you're super content with your hunting, great. If you're not, you can't understand why deer hunting is so frustrating and not all that much fun. Listen up. You're not good enough at it to set your goals where they are. They're just too high and you either need to live with that or make a real change. Now, a lot of hunters, I think they realize that and they do what we just kind of often do in life. They look for a quick fix. Like maybe if you ask Andy May to look at your screenshot of your property, he'll tell you how to hunt. And if you do, you know, you'll have Andy May results. Not quite though. Or maybe if you buy a sweet decoy or some new calls, or you go all out on the saddle game and decide the best way to kill big bucks is to be in a new tree stand every night. Give that a shot. Whatever floats your boat. But this strategy is like trying to reason with your physical fitness, trying to rationalize why you don't really need to do cardio or why it's not that big of a deal to eat ice cream every night. The formula for getting in shape is real simple and it hasn't changed a lot in a long time. You can make bargains, but you don't make the rules. They are there like the laws of physics. And whether you agree with them or not, you're still beholden to gravity and the law of thermodynamics. So are you good enough for your goals? This is a tricky one because if you don't set challenging, somewhat hard to achieve goals, then how are you going to grow as a person and as a hunter? The downside to this is we often focus our goals on a simple metric, which is antler size. Sure, 
we say we target mature bucks. That's just weasel words and we all know it. If a deer comes in with 160 inches of antlers on his head, he's getting shot whether he's a baby or a grandpa deer. Mostly what we target is actually antler size, and that's just the reality of it all. But simply killing a 140-incher when you've only ever killed two-and-a-half-year-olds isn't the only way to go about this. Like, I don't know, how good of a shot are you? Not at the range, but on real deer. If you think you have the younger bucks and does mastered, so it's time to target the big boys, ask yourself, when you shoot those other deer, do you really always do your job correctly, or mostly always? How many of them have you shot? When you're sitting in a stand and you see a 100-inch two-year-old coming down the trail and the weather is perfect and your heart rate spikes, do you want to shoot him? Be honest. If you do, but you're worried he isn't big enough, ask yourself who he's not big enough for. Strangers on social media? Your hunting buddies? If you have good buddies, they'll give you some shit, but they'll also be real happy for you. If someone on social media disapproves of the deer you shot, you have some options. Like not posting your kills, which is pretty simple. And if you just have to post it, just be happy about it and let folks know that you are happy about it. Some people will still be pricks about it, but that's because they are miserable with their own lives. Leave them alone and let them suffer until they get their act together. Celebrate your success. Those people aren't your problem. If you have the world of younger bucks and does totally dialed and you are honestly ready for the big leagues, but have struggled mightily, think about this. Where are you going wrong? Are you not seeing the big bucks? Well, are they there? Or are you hunting a place where the age quality is lacking? If they are there and you can't see them when you're hunting, then it's probably all about scouting and hunting smarter. That's it. You got to put in the work and really think through your setups. Try to learn why your efforts aren't producing the sightings. Or are you seeing the big ones, getting shots at them, but not quite able to make the right connection? This is a big one, and it happens to just about every bow hunter who doesn't grow up with a thousand acres of primo ground to hunt in Iowa. This stage can wreck you as a hunter and as a human. It's just rough. So what do you do? The only way out is through. And for me, it involved a lot of target practice and a lot of inner monologue where I told myself to focus on the shot, watch the deer's body, plan for the moment when I'll draw. The moment when I'll shoot, am I going to stop him? Am I going to shoot him as he naturally comes through? What I'm not going to do is stare at those antlers and think about how much I'm worried that I'm going to fail. Now, this seems easy enough, but even if you do keep your you know kind of head in the game and plan out the shot, most of those encounters are still going to result in failure. That failure is going to tell you what to do differently next time. That's how I look at it. It's kind of like getting kicked in the mental nards while getting stung by wasps on your eyeballs, but it is a stepping stone. Did you shoot too high, too low, seven feet behind his tail? Where did you go wrong? What went wrong? What would you have done differently? What will you do differently next time? Do you consider it a win to have a deer like that, that close to you? Because you should. Most hunters don't get that in any given season. Listen, I know that's thin gruel to live on, but it's not nothing. You did it once, you can do it again. And this time, instead of punching the trigger on your release before you settle your pin, settle your pin. It's a difference of one or two seconds, but it's also the difference between another meltdown or that sweet, sweet feeling of finally doing things right. And remember this, you're not alone. 
this thing we do with whitetails, so damn fun, but so damn hard. I promise you that just about every hunter you look up to and many others you've never heard of, but who are the best of the best, all struggled. They shared a seat with guys like you and me on the struggle bus at one point or another, maybe for a season or two, maybe for a decade or two. The journey to becoming a content, somewhat consistent big buck killer is a long personal one for almost everyone. It can be a lot of things, both good and bad, and it will be just that, but it's also a progression of sorts if you treat it right. Now, you don't need to murder a million squirrels and cottontails when you're in grade school to work your way up to it, but you do have to look around and ask yourself, where are you in your journey now? Did you get a little too far ahead of yourself because of the social pressure to not shoot young bucks? Did you take a few wins and use them as conclusive evidence that it's time to skip ahead by about 47 steps in the process? Or are you getting there you know, naturally in a way that feels pretty good? Where are you on this journey? And what does it mean for you to set certain goals? Now, don't take the easy way out, but don't put yourself in a position where this thing you are supposed to love becomes just a source of stress and anxiety and disappointment. There's plenty of life to do that for you. You don't need it from deer hunting. So find your path, walk it at the pace you need. And eventually you'll get to a point where the challenge is real, but also doable. That's a wonderful place to be, even if it's just always kind of a temporary place to be. So get out there, my friends, make something good happen in the woods. Come back next week because I'm going to talk about gambling, kind of. That's it for this week, my friends. I'm Tony Peterson. This has been the Wired to Hunt Foundations podcast. As always, thank you so much for listening. I can't tell you how much all of us here at Meat Eater truly appreciate your support, but we do. It means the world to us. So thank you for that. If you want some more whitetail content, if you want to you know, listen to Clay talk about you know, stone points, if you want to go check out the Meat Eater Trivia podcast, maybe the Buck Truck series that the Element guys put out, I don't care, whatever it is, go to TheMeatEater.com and you will find so much hunting and fishing content. Cooking content too, if you want to make some backstraps or something really hump. Go there, check it out, get your fix. You know, if you feel the need to maybe treat yourself to something nice, the Meat Eater store is right there. And there's a whole lot of good stuff in there that's often on sale. So go check that out as well. Thank you so much again. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. You simply pour a can into your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. So pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase.